lat muscle, and, and I couldn't move right. Um, I haven't been able to do a pull-up to knock out, you know, 12, 13 in a clip. I can't do one. And I knew something, something was just wrong. But, you know, when it's deep inside, you can't see it. And I figured, you know, let me, let me let it rest and give it some opportunity. Um, but unfortunately, it, it didn't get any better. Can't see it on the surface, but inside, I know something's wrong. I can't move the way I used to move. I don't have the same strength I used to have. Um, certain positions, it, it just, it just, it really bothers me. And so, you know, the thoughts that occupy your mind, right? How, how, how did it happen? I don't even remember when I did it. Will it heal? That's a concern for me. I mean, am I going to get my full strength and my full mobility, flexibility back? Can I go back to being functional? I went from doing 12 pull-ups to not being able to do one. Am I going to be able to get back up on that bar eventually? And the concerns that plague me. And so what do you do when you don't know what's going on? I've given it eight weeks. I can't move and function. You call up the doctor. And so I made this doctor appointment. Uh, uh, the guy I trained with recommended me this, this doctor down in Austin, who's apparently one of the gurus in sports medicine. He's, he's really good. And, and, and I went to him because I needed him to search this thing out and, and, and figure out what's wrong. And so investigate the cause. You can't, you can't fix something until you know what's wrong. And so, you know, he's, he had this, he had this little, uh, Dr. Marble walking around with him who was this, I guess, you know, she was, looked a really small, petite Indian lady, young, and you could just tell she's exuding like genius out of her. Like, I mean, she's, I guess, a doctor in training. A young little, you know, little girl walking, oh, I'm Dr. Marble, I'm with Dr. Lux, and then he turns around and says, take your shirt off. And I'm like, Who's ever comfortable taking off their clothes in front of somebody that you don't know? Yeah, right? Like, uh, hello. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm, oh, thank God I've been working out. I got to take my, so I turn, I turn, I turn around and I take my shirt off. And so I turn around, I'm looking at the doctor and, and he asks me, you know, to, to put my hands in certain positions and to give him resistance so that he can see if what, you know, what's, what, what's going on. And so he's looking at me as he's doing this, these resistance and he's looking at both shoulders. He's booking, he's looking at my muscle structure and guess what? Can't see anything. Can't see anything except for the fact that there's pain when I do a certain motion. And so what does he do? He sends me to go get an x-ray, right? So I go and I get an x-ray and you stand between these two plates. There's a plate in back of you and in front of you. And the one in front of you has got this bright light with this laser focus. And, and on that laser focus, it's right on the area that, that, that is hurting. And so just like that, he takes a picture. Click, click. Even though we're looking at something that is otherwise unsearchable. This is below the surface of the flesh. This is going deep within my body. And even with this picture, can't see anything. Shoulder actually looks pretty good. No calcium deposits. The rotator cuff is clean. Like for all of the cricks and cracks that I feel, that looks really, really good. And so guess what? Got to go deeper still. 
Got to go deeper still. So now we're waiting my insurance for an approval of the MRI, right? The magnetic renaissance imaging, que se yo ni que. But, you know, now, now we've got to go deeper um, to find out what the problem is that's taking place inside of me. And, you know, that got me to think. That got me thinking. How the soul of man is so So many of us walk around dysfunctional. We, we know we're hurting, but we don't know exactly what it is. We can't see it on the surface, but we know, nobody got to tell you, something's off. Something is off. We're hurting. We can't move right. We try to move a certain way and, and we try to live our life a certain way. And for whatever reason, because of what's taking place on the inside, we cannot live that out. We can have the desire to live it out. We know what we want to look like, but we just can't get out of it. Don't have the strength that we know we should have. And so obviously thoughts begin to occupy the mind. What's wrong with me? Will I ever snap out of this? Why, God, do I feel this way? Will I ever be able to function normally again? And as we're plagued with some of these questions... We're forced then to go to the only place that has the answers. Jeremiah 17.9 states that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doing. Lord, Heavenly Father, I pray, God, this morning that as we have gathered here, as you've given me this illustration of going deeper into the soul, oh God, that you would search each and every one of us out, that you would begin to reveal the areas of our souls that are not healthy, that, that may need a remedy, that may need some of your medicine. I pray, oh Father God, that you would have your way. Fill my mouth, oh God, with the particular words that this congregation needs to hear. We ask it, oh Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So what we have to come to understand is that the issue is not on the surface. The reasons why you can feel this way, the reasons why you feel this emptiness, this dysfunctionality in your life is not a surface issue. It goes deeper than that, where it would otherwise be unsearchable. I mean, who has that type of x-ray vision? that can look through your surface and into your soul and into your heart to be able to determine and make a diagnosis of what's wrong. Much like the English, English language in Hebrew, the word for heart can, can be two things. It can be the organ itself of the beating heart, and it can also is the word leb that gives us the intellect 
the awareness of the mind, of the inner person, your inner feelings, your deepest thoughts, and to think that there is a mechanism to be able to reveal that. Perhaps its most notable occurrence in the Old Testament is in Deuteronomy. Uh, and I love this, it's the Shama, Deuteronomy 6.5, and every time Israel would congregate together, the high priest would recite the Shama, commanding Israel to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, every part of you is to love God, not only with your intellect, not only with your body, but when we worship and, and you hear the songs, I mean, look, you can either come in here and we can sing and, and for the sake of singing and instruments, oh, and that sounds really nice. But when you begin to worship God and appropriate those words into your life, come on, if God is great and there is no greater and if he be for you, who could be against you? To stir up those emotions of the knowledge of being able to appropriate worship into your own life brings you into a direct connection with the kingdom of heaven. So many people in church, you know, sometimes it's hard to come in and jump right in and participate. Because oftentimes when you first come in, you know, you, you want to spectate. <laughs> You're watching and seeing what's going on and who's around. And so I want to encourage you, if you're still in kind of spectator mode, just keep on coming. Keep on coming because the more that you go over that, the more you hear, the more you see, the more you observe, the, 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 the easier it is to then become, to break down those walls, break down those defensives, not worry about the person sitting next to you because you've already gotten to know them a little bit and you can lose yourself in the worship of our king. Only the Lord can search the heart of man. Only God has the x-ray vision to look into your soul, to be able to know it. I'm talking about to know it, to test it. Come on, there are things that we think about sometimes that others don't, we don't want them to know. I mean, seriously, if you ever jumped into this mind, there are times throughout the course of the day that you're going to be like, oh my God, that's my pastor? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what he's thinking, really? <laughs> and if you hang out with me outside of church, then, then, then some of y'all know. <laughs> it could get a little twisted up there. But through the MRI, <laughs> through the MRI, you can look beyond just the skeletal issues and you can really begin to look upon the heart of man. And I believe that this is what God sees when he sees you in your soul. It removes all of the superficial nonsense. You know, your, your, your Louis Vuitton this, your, you know, lucky sweater and all of this all nonsense. He looks beyond that. He looks beyond the surface of, of your body and your flesh. And he's able to connect with you in your mind, in your inner thoughts. 
Some of us, we don't, we, we, we don't even want that. But I got to tell you that when you're able to connect, because you know what? He loves you unconditionally with all your faults. The Bible says, yet while I was still in my sin, he chose to die for me. That, that means, come on, even when I was out being rebellious, even when I was out chasing everything that I had no business chasing, even when I was being disrespectful to the people that loved me and were there trying to support me, come on, that's where I've been. Even in that place, God said, I love you enough to die for you. Why do we think that we need to put on a mask to come before him or, or, or put on our holy clothes and come to church with our Bibles in our hands? Bless you, brother. How are you? The Lord is good. And we have this sanctimonious, you know, kind of ritual because this is how we have to approach the throne. This throne is the blood of Jesus Christ to eliminate the sin. And even in your brokenness, atonement for your brokenness has already been made. And he's giving you the privilege of being able to enter into his presence. That's all we need. Hallelujah. And so we must come to a place of recognizing that the issue is so much deeper within us. Would we dare enough to even provoke and cry out to God, just as David cried out, Search me, O God, and know my heart, know my soul. Try me and know my anxieties, the worries that plague my mind, and see, O God, if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me to your path of everlasting. Hallelujah. Only God can search your heart. Only God knows your thoughts. And only God, his word is a lamp unto my feet. His word is a lamp unto my feet. Hallelujah. You know, it's a funny thing about that passage in, in the Psalms is that his word says that it's a lamp unto your feet. And so if you were to look down on your shoes and, and, and consider yourself to have a lamp on your shoes, what's it illuminating? It's illuminating your path. Most importantly, more directly, what's illuminating is where you're standing, Right? So if I was just to look down and look at lamp on, onto my feet, it's going to show me what I'm standing on. And that's the first step that we need to know. You, you don't, don't be so considered, you know, uh, uh, don't consider so much where you're going as much as right now where you're standing. What road are you on? What's the foundation underneath your feet? Because a lot of us put too much capital on, on foundations that are wishy-washy. You know, there are people that put too much stock and they say, well, you know, I want to stand on my portfolio. I want to stand on, you know, my, my, my business investments and my, you know, IRAs and all of that, you know, business talk. I don't know what I'm, 
But, you know, all of that business stuff. There are people that that's where it is. No, 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 no. I'm going to stand on my intellect, upon my career. I, I got a double master's and, you know, yeah, I'm standing on that. Other people want to stand on their swag because, you know, they got a little bit of a swag. They look good. And, you know, that's my foundation, you know, because all the life I got through just based on my personality. <laughs> I don't know who that would be. But yeah, there's so many people are standing on a ground that is slipping away. There's a foundation. There's a rock that you can stand upon. That cannot be moved. In fact, it says that the builders chose Christ as the chief cornerstone. That's, that's the stone that comes in and everything else builds around that stone. It's plumb. It's level. It cannot be moved. It cannot be shaken. It cannot be broken. And so what I want to encourage you is that as you use the word of God as a lamp unto your feet, understand where your feet are standing. Look at that foundation. And then once you're sure of your foundation, because you're allowing his word to be a light to reveal it, now that you know that you've got a sure footing on a ground that cannot be moved, then, and only then, should you look up and see where you're going. Because it says it's a lamp unto my feet, but it also illuminates the path that I'm going to walk upon. And so you follow that light. The way that you should go. Amen. Praise you God. Which brings us Solomon. Such a wise man. Uh, to Proverbs 4.20 through 27. Proverbs 4.20 through 27. My son... Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and Put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from doing evil. And as we consider these words from Solomon, these instructions to his son, verse 20 reveals that we have to pay what? attention to his words give his words attention his spoken word attention do you know what the spoken word of god is who's the spoken word of god jesus christ in the beginning god said god said let there be light that spoken word that went forth created all things that are in existence 
And that spoken word, it says in the Gospel of John 1.14 that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. That, that Jesus being the spoken word of life, we need to be paying attention to the Christ. It says, it says that we to incline our ears to him. So, so when, when, when you think about that word incline, it's almost like you have to kind of reposition. You ever be in a, in a conversation with somebody and you know, okay, so you're in a conversation and you're talking and then all of a sudden maybe you're not paying 100% attention. I know that's not you. I get, I got a little ADHD. So sometimes, you know, I'm bounce around a lot. And then all of a sudden somebody will say something that catches my attention. I'm like, wait, wait, what was that? What'd you say? Or because there's so much background noise and you're trying to hear someone and you almost have to reposition yourself so you can hear. Incline your ear unto him reposition yourself silence all of the distraction where you can incline reposition your ear of focused attention to what his sayings they're not just his words but his words brought together become his sayings it becomes his frame of mind it's the thought process behind it so don't just incline your ear don't just hear his words, but you have to understand and pay attention to his sayings. What is the Lord trying to say with that? You ever questioned that? Somebody says something and you're like, gee, I wonder what they meant by that. You have to begin to ponder it and you think about it and say, hmm, you know, I didn't catch that on the first time around. You think maybe they meant this? You ever been there? Yeah. This is where we need to find ourselves as we're pursuing God and we're studying his word. Lord, that's deep. He can take you deeper still. Verse 21 says, do not let them depart from your eyes and keep them in the midst of your heart. Do not let them depart from your eyes. See, the Jewish people in their culture, they were so religious. You know what they did because of this passage of scripture? The frontlets. They have a little box with, with, with scrolls and scriptures inside the box. And, and they would put the box on their forehead. So what? The scriptures would always be before their eyes. And it's a constant reminder that what? We need to put his word. We need to live by his word and have them before our eyes constantly that our keep them in the midst of our heart, in the midst of our soul. You ever heard that saying, the eyes are the windows to your Come on. In other words, your eyes are the windows to your heart. So if you're constantly putting his words before your eyes, his word is going to make its way into your heart. And it's out of the abundance of the heart that the man speaketh. And so what I'm saying is that as you continue to put that word before you, that word is going to transfer into you. And because once it's inside of your soul, once it's inside of your heart, when life brings forth its pressures, when the devil brings forth its temptations, you're going to be on a platform that cannot be moved. Hallelujah. 
verse 22 brings us to a place that they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Let's not, let's not just read by this, man. It's, it's life. That means that his words, keeping them in front of you, keeping them in the midst of your heart and your soul, that they quicken the soul, they awaken the spirit inside. His word is able to stir up an emotion inside of you and moves you. Allow his word to move you because he who finds them, the Bible says, come on, who finds them? Who knows that in order to find something, you have to be searching for something? Huh? If you ain't looking for something, you ain't going to find something. But if you're looking for it, it says that you who are searching for it would be able to find it. And when you find it, it's health to your body. It's not Belgian waffles. I'd like it to be Belgian waffles with whipped cream and some of that, you know, powdered sugar. Oh my gosh. It's health to your body. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not Big Mac. Huh? Who, who knows, who knows that Big Mac is not healthy to the body? It's not a Big Mac. It's not a hot apple crumb pie a la mode with some ice cream on the... It's his word. <laughs> we have one more week left, right? <laughs> so, so his word, it's not candy coated. His word isn't designed to satisfy those carnal flavors. No, it says that it is health. And so sometimes, even during this fast, I I hope you've come to a place that you're able to say no to certain foods and say yes to certain foods that in starving the flesh, we can feed the spirit that, that, that by being disciplined enough to say no to the garbage and say yes. Now, I got to tell you, um, is healthy food, uh, 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 better appetizing is it more fulfilling than than you know the 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 regular meals that where we're accustomed to eating like you know flavor wise but 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 the whole purpose of this is to understand and know that we we don't live to eat we eat to live and so making choices and saying you know what i'm gonna eat healthier now i'm gonna say no to these fatty foods and these processed foods and and i'm gonna take a season in my life to say yes to the fruits and the vegetables and the nuts and although it may not be as satisfying as all of that it is more nutritional to my body and so therefore god's word is the nutrition to your soul sometimes as we're reading the word maybe maybe it's not as appetizing maybe it's not as palatable maybe it challenges you in certain areas and says you know what you've got to change your ways you're you're still living according to your will but if you would surrender your will to me i'll show you a better way so many of us get caught up in the routine of life and, and doing what we always do that we don't allow God to come up and switch things up on us. 
And what the Bible says that, yes, his word is the fruits and it's the vegetables. It's the wholesome grain. It's the substance that gives health to our physical bodies. And grab this, church. When your soul, when your heart is receiving a steady diet of his word, what it says is that there will come healing upon your body. What are some of the physical ailments that maybe you're suffering? What are some of the diseases that you might be plagued with? What's taking place within your body that you can use a healing touch? And I'm telling you that if you begin to align up your word and get a steady diet of this word, this word not only brings forth nutrition to your soul, but it brings forth healing to your body, to your physical rafa. And, 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 and that word is one of the ways that Jehovah um, identifies himself. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord that healeth all of our diseases. So, so his, his word, his word, Jesus, the word, the living word, Jesus is the remedy to your ailment. He is the cure to your disease. He is the medication and prescription filled that the pharmacist would write out. He brings forth the deliverance and is able to bring forth physical repair upon your body. According to his word. Salvation is God's rescue of the entire person, right? He rescues the individual by bringing forth salvation and after the salvation has come he brings forth a healing which completes the repair of the individual and that's that should be an encouraging word i'm so broken in so many ways in so many areas but to know that he's bringing forth his repair to know that i'm a work in progress I may not be, be where I would like to be, but my God, thank you, Lord Father, that I'm not where I used to be. That in this process, oh God, you've come and brought forth healing into my soul and into my heart. You changed the way I would look at life, the way I would judge people, the way I was so into myself. And now, Lord God, you've transformed me from the inside out and placed a love for people inside of me that was never there before. This is the work of our God. And because he's working so diligently in bringing forth these transformations. Huh? He says in verse 23 that we need to keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. And so that, 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 that uh, um, Hebrew word there of keeping your heart gives us the sense of guarding our heart. And it says that we ought to do that with all diligence. So just as God is working diligently, guess what we need to do? We need to be diligent. And we need to guard the heart. What are we guarding the heart from? What are we guarding the heart? What are we protecting the heart from? What are we placing the value of the heart? What are the windows of the heart? Where are the windows of the soul? What are you looking at? 
What are you spending time looking at? What are you observing constantly? What are the channels and the TV programs that you choose to watch? Everything that you open yourself up to observe and let in through the eye window makes its way to the soul. And this is why he's saying that you've got to guard your heart and be purposeful by what you let in. Block the world out and bring forth his word and let that in. It's so simple, but such a challenge for us. Guard your heart. Apply it with your ability as diligence to value. Have the value for your soul. Know the value of your soul. God chose to die for you even in your brokenness. Now, if God places that value upon you, if God says that you are so much, you are worth so much more to me that I'm willing to give you my only begotten son to sacrifice him as the perfect lamb that you can live. That's how much I love you. Have the value of your soul. Protect it. Guard it. Watch what you listen to. Watch what you see. Watch what you pay attention to. Because out of this, it's the issues of life that comes out of it. It's the mind. It's the emotions. And it's the will. That is the soul of the man. Solomon continues and displays then the physical symbols reflecting three key points here. Communication, attention, and behavior communication attention and behavior put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you what do we communicate with huh so he tells us and he gives us the recipe as we look upon our mouth to to move from a deceitful mouth that there should be no deception, that there should always be purity that, that would well forth out of, out of our lips and that we would let our eyes look straight ahead and our eyelids look right before you, our eyes. What are we paying attention to? Sees what it sees. And so you can put your eyes on everything that this world has to offer and you will be deceived. But you can place your eyes, as he said, upon his word and keep that word before you at all times. And now you're bringing forth life and health into you. So we've got communication. We've got attention. And last but not least, it's your behavior. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Has your ways been off a little bit? Have you not been moving right? Have you been feeling that internal pain, knowing that something's wrong and not having, not been able to put your finger upon it? Can I encourage you to go deeper? Because if you would ponder your behavior, the path of your feet, the places that you're going, the things that you are doing, then you're not to turn to the right or to the left. And to be able to remove your foot, remove all of those behaviors, your ways, and remove them from evil. As we approach our last week of our corporate fast, I want to challenge you, church, don't settle just for the x-ray. 
go deeper than that. Praying and fasting. It's the MRI. It's what's going to be able to reveal that which is not searchable. Ask God to search you out, church, to reveal to you what's not visible that you would be able to take action. And so as we approach this last week, I want to, you know, whatever slip-ups, whatever, you know, we're in training here. You get a pass. You give me a pass, strawberry shortcake, I got a pass. But now this week, we have a, we have a brand new opportunity. We're, we're, we're at the last mile. We're approaching the finish line. The reward is given to him who completes the race. Let's finish strong. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning, church. Do you feel an emptiness in your soul? Haven't found anything that can really satisfy? Have you been feeling like something is off? Your ways are off. First and foremost, it starts here. Have you been born again? This isn't, this isn't a cliche. It's not a, a religious saying. This is Jesus speaking to Nicodemus in the gospel according to John chapter 3 verse 3. He said, assuredly, I say unto you, one must be born again in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Have you had that experience? Don't wait till it's too late. Today you have an opportunity to open up your hearts to the free gift that God has given us. For the Bible says that God so loved the world. He so loved you right where you're at. That he was, he was willing to give his only begotten son. That if you would just believe in him, that if you would just appropriate his blood sacrifice over you, that you would have eternal life. Have you made that decision? Have you asked him to appropriate that sacrifice over you? If you haven't, this is the starting point. If you'd like to, just raise your hand. Let me see your hand. Nobody's looking all eyes down. Amen. I see that hand. I see that hand. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Have you ever made a public confession of your faith? If your hand went up and you want Jesus to appropriate his blood sacrifice over you, I'm just going to ask you to stand right where you're at. You don't have to do anything. Just, just, just stand. And then after you stand, I'm going to have everybody else stand with us. Amen. 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 I see that. And we can all stand with you. There's no um, secret formula. This has to be your heart's desire. God, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my shortcomings. I'm sorry for the rebellious nature that's been inside of me. I've, I've been running from you. I've been, I've been hearing you. Uh, you've been working in my life, but I haven't been fulfilling the things that, that I feel like I need to be fulfilling. Forgive me, God that's your heart I believe that God is going to meet you right where you're at